Hello, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. You're watching Legacy Television. So glad to have you tuned into the broadcast today. We're coming to you again here from Legacy Church in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, where our good God has done good things. He's doing great things and greater things are yet to come. We want to invite you to come see us sometime here at the church. I'm telling you, we are having the time of our lives. It's still new. It's still fresh. But God has done so much already to just get us off to an amazing start. And we've had some amazing times together in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, today we're going to show you part two of a message we call Faith Gets Ready. And you need to hear this today. But before we get into that, let me tell you about our plan to expand. If you've been watching the broadcast over the last several weeks, you know right now, as a church family and a global partner family, we are in the middle of an expansion project here at Legacy Church and Pearson's Ministries International, and we want to give you an opportunity to be a part of it as well. The Lord spoke to us some weeks ago out of the book of Isaiah chapter 54, and he said in verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. The New Living translation said, spare no expense. He said, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now listen to verse three, for you shall expand. Listen to it again. You shall expand. You've got to get expansion on your heart. You've got to get expansion in your mind right now. Expansion in your family, your home, your business, your ministry. Let the Lord enlarge you on the inside because everything he desires to do for you in this life, he's got to first get it in your heart before he can get it in your hand. Come on, are you listening to me right now? If he can't get it in your heart, he can't get it in your hand. So before we can enlarge and expand on the outside, we got to enlarge and expand in our own hearts. Listen, let's take some time to get into the word together. You don't want to miss this. I'll be back at the end of this broadcast. We've been talking for weeks now about the manifestation of the glory of God. And again, I got to say it to you. I'm not just talking about his glory in this house. I'm talking about his glory in your house, in my house, and whatever's going on in this house, that's what we want going on in our houses, right? Your house and mine. But it will not happen apart from faith. Do you believe this? How many times did he say it? Do you believe it? Do you? I got to know, Martha. I'm not just taking a survey here. I need to know. Do I have access to you? Do I have access to do this in your life and in your family? Do you believe this? Didn't I tell you if you'd believe it, you would see it. Faith is involved in this. And what I need for you and I to understand today and moving forward is that faith is more than just saying, yes, I believe that, or even Yes, we want to see the glory of God. That's a good thing, and it's a good thing to say. But there's more to it. And I, I want to build on that today. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. This is a great faith chapter. This hall of faith. And every person listed in it, man, if you want to know what faith looks like, looks like and sounds like and acts like, you can read through this. I want to read just a few verses to you. Just start in verse 1 of Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that you don't see, not seen. The NIV says faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. What we do not see. Like I told you a minute ago, your life of faith is this constant contest between what you do see and what you believe. And what I'm talking about when I say believe, I'm talking about what you don't see. And people wrongly say that faith or the life of faith is about living and believing in the unknown. The, the unknown. Man, you sound smart when you say it, don't you? The unknown. But it has nothing to do with the unknown. Faith is not about the unknown. It's just about the unseen. And you can tell people like, well, what's the difference? Oh, it's huge. man! It's, it's huge. But the reason they're so ignorant of it is because they're, they are not aware and have no idea that there's this whole other realm that is real, if not more real than the one you're in, more real than what you can see, taste, touch, smell. And I mean, anything that's, that's just in this five sense realm, there is something beyond that. It's called the realm of the spirit. And that's where faith is. That's where faith operates. It's not unknown. God is not unknown. He's just unseen. How do you know that? I know him. I know him. We were just talking earlier. I mean, anybody else in here, you know him. Your faith's not about unknown. It's just about the unseen. So he said, faith is the substance of the things we hope for. And there's some confusion about this too. People are confused about, okay, so what comes first? Is it faith, faith first or hope first? Well, you got to have hope before you have faith. Now listen to me. The scripture said faith is the substance. If you study that out, it literally means the foundation. It's what you're standing on. Faith is the substance of what you hope for. And there's a lot of confusion about that too. People have no idea what hope actually is. And if, if you say to somebody, you're doing this, you go in there, well, I hope so. I hope so. That has nothing to do with what Bible hope really is. Most people use the word hope and it's wish, desire. I really, 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 really want to. But it has nothing to do with any of those things. Hope is expectation. Hope is a confident expectation of what is to come. Now it has it has only to do with the unseen. There are places in the scripture that talk to us about you don't hope for what you see because if you see it, it's not hope. It's only hope while it's yet unseen. And I got to tell you, that's God's favorite part. I know your favorite part. My favorite part is the sight, right? When faith becomes sight. Ooh, we like the sight part. That's exciting. Ah, oh, it happened. I'm healed. I'm prosperous. Oh, I got my answer. God's like, well... Okay, but what next? Because his favorite parts this, this whole time you spent in faith when you didn't see it and you didn't have it and yet you trusted anyway. Oh, he loves it. It's like you wrapping up presents for your kids 
two weeks before Christmas and they're sitting under the tree. You know what's in there. But they're looking at it going, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And they're shaking it and they're looking at it and they're so excited because why? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Christmas Day is coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then they open it and they're so excited. Why? Because their faith has become sight. And you're like, well, all right. It's kind of, as parents, right? It's that it, 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 our favorite part was the, the lead up, the build up, the expectation. God loves faith. He loves faith. He loves it when it's yet unseen and still you believe and still you trust. And faith is the foundation that hope springs from. Think about it like this. How could you expect anything good if you didn't have faith in a good God? So it's got to happen in that order. My faith in him produces my expectation for good things, good things. Now, right on the other hand, you can build your life on this other platform, a platform called fear. And fear also produces an expectation called worry. What is worry? It's hope turned all inside out and backwards. Hope is the expectation of good. Worry is the expectation of bad. And when you build your life on the platform of fear, it will yield this constant expectation of worry, worry about tomorrow, worry about the future. You remember what Jesus said about it? Stop it. Stop worrying about tomorrow. What was he saying? Through worry, you're, tomorrow's unseen. It's not here yet, but what you're actually doing is worry is reaching out into the future, grabbing a hold of the trouble that's still unseen and bringing it into the here and now. That's how bad worry is for you. But right on the other hand, you know what hope has the ability to do? The life built on the platform of faith, yielding this expectation called hope. I got faith in a good God, I'm expecting good things. I got faith in a healer, I'm expecting healing. I got faith in my provider, I'm expecting provision. You notice what's happening here? I got faith in, in the one who has become unto me wisdom, I am expecting to be filled with wisdom. I got faith in his favor, I am expecting favor. You see what's happening? Faith in him is producing that expectation. But what hope has the ability to do, same thing worry can do. Reach out into the future. Grab a hold of what's good and bring it into the here and now. Faith is the substance of what we're expecting, what we're hoping for. He said in verse 2, by it the elders obtained, oh man, I got to be done. By it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So here again, he's talking about the difference between the seen and the unseen. And people read this and say, God made the world out of nothing. Wrong. He just made it out of stuff you couldn't see. Now look at verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. You remember this, right? The book of Genesis. Abel made an offering. He brought that spotless lamb. Cain made an offering and he brought the fruit of the ground. 
And I think, I don't know, I was thinking back when I was a kid hearing about this, and I always thought there was something wrong with Cain's offering. But I went back and looked at it, and there's really no mention of, like, rotten fruit or sour grapes or something like that. It just says he was a tiller of the ground, so he brought the fruit, fruit of the ground. Abel was a herdsman, he brought a lamb. But we know that God accepted Abel's and not Cain's. If you go back and look at the Genesis account, there's not a whole lot, in my estimation anyway, of information as to why. But you see it all right here. What made Abel's offering acceptable? Read it again. By faith. By faith. God is not obligated to accept every offering. Which ones does he accept? Ones made by faith. By faith, Abel offered to God, listen, a more excellent sacrifice. That's what makes your offering excellent. Amen. It's not an amount. Are you listening to me? It's not the amount. It's not how many zeros you got on that check. It's not any of that. It's the faith in it. It's the love in it. It's the confidence. And that makes it acceptable to him. This goes on by faith. Verse five, Enoch was taken away so that he didn't see death. If you go back to Genesis and look at his life, all you know about Enoch is he walked with God. That's all. That's it. That's everything we know about him. He walked with God. And we know that he walked with God for 300 years. Somebody say, that's a long walk. That is a long walk. And evidently God so loved that loved his time with him, loved his walk with Enoch, that he put him right here in Hebrews 11 because it took faith to walk that long with God. It took faith to walk for 300 years. And we have nothing in scripture that tells us he ever saw God in the flesh. This God was not unknown to him. He was just what? Unseen. What I want to get to today in the 90 seconds I have left, Lord help me, is verse seven. We could talk, oh, I want to talk so much about all this. <laughs> I mean, I can't skip verse six, please. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, must what? Believe. Must what? Believe. Come on, must what? Believe. Does this sound like Jesus talking to Martha? Do you believe this? This is what he's looking for. This is what he's requiring. He who comes to God must believe that he is. That's a good place to start. God, I believe you is. I believe you is. What are you doing? Acknowledging his existence. He's asking you to believe that. He's requiring that of you. And the only other thing he's requiring you to believe to come to him is believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now here's, let me just add this to you and find a way to wrap this up. In verse seven, it says, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things, what? Not yet seen. Not yet seen. Noah. Anybody remember Noah? Bible scholars out there, you remember Noah? You remember what happened with Noah? God talked to him and said, flood's coming, right? Rain's coming. And Noah said, cool. One question, what's rain? 
you know, they'd never seen this. The, the, the skies had never opened up before. The, the earth was watered from a mist, the Bible says, that came up from the ground. Man, this place was perfect. And then the Lord tells him about things that are coming, things not yet seen. And you got to think of it from his perspective. Not only is it not raining right now, <laughs> it never has before. So to try to wrap your mind around the concept of a flood. But God warned him about these things. It says being warned by God of things not yet seen. Listen to this. Moved with godly fear. Godly fear. What is that? That's honor. That's reverence. Now, I guess God could have explained to him, here's what's going to happen. Flood's coming. I'm wiping this whole thing out. You know, and he went into some of that detail. What I'm saying is there would have been plenty of natural fear to motivate somebody to get to work on the boat. But it wasn't natural fear. It wasn't the fear of death. It wasn't the fear of the judgment. He was moved with a godly fear. One translation, I think the Amplified Bible says, he diligently and reverently prepared the ark. Listen to those words. Moved with godly fear, he prepared an ark. Moved with godly fear, what did he do? Prepared. How did he do that? By faith. Here's what I'm trying to say to you today, and I had so so many more really cool scriptures to share with you. Can you come back next week? Is anybody? <laughs> Faith yields hope. Hope is an expectation. But if you are in expectation, the very next thing you do, you listening to me? The very next thing you do is begin your preparation. Expectation produces preparation. All you have to do is ask any mama who's ever been pregnant. Hmm? Am I telling the truth, ladies? Hey, great news. You're going to have a baby. What goes to work right then? Expectation. We're expecting. We're expecting. It's even the word we use, right, to describe it. She's expecting. She's expecting. She's expecting. And at some point, at some point in time, that expectation begins to produce a preparation. I was thinking back recently on, on Sarah, when she was pregnant with Jesse, she was uh, eight months, eight plus months pregnant. I had to go do church that night at mom and dad's church. I went and spoke in service. When I got back to the house, that pregnant woman was in the entryway of our house with a dresser turned on its side, paintbrush in hand, you know, she's just standing there painting this thing. Why? Because baby girl's going to be here like any minute and we want her to like her room when she comes in. And, but that preparation starts kicking in, doesn't it? You start preparing. Now with God, we want the expectation and the time between when we first start expecting and then the time we see it. Oh man, we wish that was so much shorter. But do you realize it's the grace of God that gives us time to do what? Get ready. Get ready. 
Now, when you hear those words in church, oh, come on, get ready. The glory is coming. I said, get ready, get ready. Come on, everybody, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, and everybody, oh, we're ready, Lord. Send the glory. We're ready, Lord. Send the glory. And God's going, no, I said, get ready. Which means what? You're not ready. So in his goodness and in his grace, there is time to prepare. Prepare. Preparation. Now think about it. Aren't you glad that you don't find out, quit laughing at me, that you don't find out you're pregnant and like three days later there's a baby? Think about that. From a husband's perspective, I'm so thankful because it took like seven months just to wrap the head around, we're going to have a baby, we're going to have a baby, we're going to have a baby. And I would comfort myself with these words. that billions of people have done this before me. Surely I'm not the dumbest one. Surely I'm not even top 10 of the dumbest that have ever been a daddy. And I would comfort myself with those words and, and the preparation time. And, and it wasn't just getting the room ready. It was getting the head ready and the heart ready, right? Preparation. Preparation. Faith prepares. Faith prepares. And sometimes I want to say to people who are complaining about what's going on in life and got problems galore and problems on every hand and pressure at every turn and they're crying about it, you want to say to them, what were you expecting? No, I mean it. Tell me what you were expecting. It's like, well, I wasn't expecting this. Faith is not, the, not just trying not to expect something bad. Faith is the expectation of the goodness and the glory of God poured out, poured out on your life every day. But there's a preparation for it. Husbands, wives, we need to get to the place in our marriages where we're looking at each other on a regular basis and saying, okay, what are we expecting? What are we expecting God to do? Huh? What are we expecting to see? We're, we're expecting to see the glory, but then when you get to talking about it, the next question is, okay, what are we doing to get ready for it? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this, and if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.